Hey, good to see you here. You are currently listening to Inspire Church Metro Manila. We are one church in multiple locations, and we exist to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. We are so glad that you're tuning in right now. Welcome home. Learn more about us by visiting inspiremetro.live. Lean in and enjoy. decided to give because we want to obey God with our finances and we want to trust Him more. So um, for us, it was a, a big sacrifice, especially it was a couple of weeks before our wedding. So it was like an act of surrendering and trusting Him by faith. There's also a push in, in our hearts that we want to be part of God's promise. Just like what the disciples were doing before, they supported Jesus in everything that He does. And we want to do the same thing too. If Jesus builds, we'll be building alongside with Him, offering what we have. I do give my offering to church because I want to obey God and want to honor and glorify Him. Also want to support and be part of the heart for the house of its vision and mission. Because through giving, I know and I believe that my tithes or offering will reach more people to fulfill their God-given potential. Honestly, it's tempting to not give. There are a lot of reasons. There are bills, expenses, and still, the pandemic is not yet over. Uh, but God still proved Himself faithful to us and provided for us in many ways that we didn't expect. And I remembered when we started our business last year. For me, it was really a God-given dream, not just a pastime or a diversion or a way to earn extra. It was really in my heart to give to the Kingdom of God, particularly in our church. And I remember I told God before, Lord, may I be able to serve you through this business. And I tell you, we really had a rough start last year. But then we encourage ourselves to carry on. And I think as God sees the original dream in our heart, it is His honor to bless and prosper this dream. Today, church is a very significant moment for our church community here at Inspire Church Metro location because it is our Heart for the House campaign season. And specifically, this Sunday is what we call the Miracle Weekend or Miracle Sunday. It's amazing how every year when we do Heart for the House campaign, I've seen families, I've seen individuals who sold into the vision of Inspire Church Metro and you know i've seen miracles after miracles that happen in their lives because what they sow they reap and it's just amazing to see that happening you know and being part of that story right i remember when it was 2011 and we were just a young yeah. couple newly married yeah. and we went to hawaii under pastor mike kai inspired church and we went there not knowing what to do, not right. knowing anything. But we came out with a family. We came out loved. We came out encouraged. We came out challenged. Yes. We came out equipped and inspired to launch the new location, Inspire Church in Metro Manila. Mm -hmm. See, the thing about that is that would have never happened 
if the people, our family in Hawaii didn't have a heart for the house. But they gave during Heart for the House weekend, during Miracle weekend, to build a home where people can come and get equipped and inspired. I bring that story up is because what if instead of coming to church looking for a miracle, what if we come to church ready to build a house for miracles? Yes. What if instead of us just focusing on our, our personal needs, right. what if we begin to look at ourselves as the church? That we go brick by brick. That every time I come, I'm not just coming to, to, to ask for something, but I'm coming to bring something. Right. See, this miracle weekend, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you that you and I are called to build a house of miracles. And while we come today to bring our miracle offering, to bring our heart for the house pledge, let us be reminded that every brick that we give, every peso that we give, every centavo that we give, we are building brick by brick. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Inspired church, listen, you're not a stranger, you're not a foreigner. It might be your first time here, but you are family. You are home. And it says, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So today it is not about simply giving. It is not about simply a dollar amount. What we have to do today is pray and ask God, God, how many bricks am I placing? to build this house of miracles. Get ready, because as we build a house of miracles, you will experience miracles. We are Inspired Church. You are Inspired Church. And we are called to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. Inspired Church. I am so excited for you guys to be here right now. It is a monumental weekend right now. We are standing in a new place and I really believe God is going to do something amazing. When I'm talking about a new place, I'm not just talking about uh, a new building, which we are in right now, but with this new building comes new opportunities, comes new roadways, there comes new harvest, comes new blessings. And I've been praying for each one of us. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for me. I've been praying for, for all of our city and our country because I truly believe, like I said before, there is more. There is more healing. There is more restoration. There is more that God wants to do. And right now you are tuning in to what we like to call Miracle Sunday, our miracle offering, miracle weekend, because we are contending for a miracle. But before we jump into that, I really want you to understand and I want you to know that God is preparing something great for you. God is preparing something 
amazing. So would you just join me right now as we pray? Lord, I pray right now that you begin to speak to each one of us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you begin to allow your presence to manifest into our screens, into our homes, in our living rooms. Lord God, I pray right now that by the end of this message that we will experience miracles. We will experience a touch of heaven. We will experience your presence. So would you speak through me, preach through me, let these words be from you and not from me. Lord, we love you and we, we just uh, invite you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I remember when it was my kid's first time visit to my hometown in Los Angeles and we stayed with my parents and of course every grandparent, they want to spoil their grandchildren, right? You tell the grandparents, no, do we do not give our kids chocolate. What do they do? They give the kids chocolate. We don't give them coffee. What do they do? They get them a frappuccino, right? But I remember um, my daughter, she was probably around three years old at that time. And in our house, we have, in our compound, my parents live in the front house. And in the back house, I have my aunt who lives over there. My, we call her Mama Linda. And my daughter would wake up, I think, every 4.30 a.m. She would wake up every 4.30 a.m., wake us up. Imagine this little three-year-old, wake us up, and then walk to the back of the door, right? And then wants to go to the back house. And we're like, why? Why do you want to go so early? And she didn't talk very well back in that time. And when we walked her there, the reason why she would be excited, and I'm telling you, every day she would wake up around 4, 4.30 a.m. before the sun was up. Jesus was not even awake yet, right? She would want to go there. Why? Because my aunt, Mama Linda, would always prepare her breakfast. Always prepare her breakfast. And so every morning she would anticipate it doesn't care if nobody's awake. She wanted to go. She had that bottom. I know she just knew it's time. And so every time she goes there, she would be welcomed with an amazing breakfast and just an amazing conversation. Just my three-year-old daughter at that time and my aunt. See, it's very interesting that we have to have that same childlike faith. What do I mean? We have to anticipate. Hey, listen to me. We got to anticipate that God is preparing something great. God is preparing a feast for you. God is preparing blessings for you. God is preparing something that you have been praying for. You might think that he hasn't been doing it. He hasn't been moving. I need you to know it might not be there yet, but it comes preparation before you reach the destination. And God is preparing. So what do we do when we are waiting for what God is preparing? And what is he preparing for us? See, I really believe God is preparing something for us, Manila, for us as an inspired church Metro Manila location. And it's found in this scripture in uh, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. And let me read it to you. It goes like this. During the third year of King Jehoiakim Kim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Besieged it means he just pretty much took over it. He captured it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, 
to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families. In other words, now the King Nebuchadnezzar takes over Judah, takes over the land, takes over the city, and captures everybody and turns them into slaves. He specifically calls his soldiers to take the young man, men captive. He says, select only the strong, the healthy, the good-looking young men. And he said, make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. Sorry, I got, I'm all choked up, right? Because it's all dusty here. In of Babylon. In other words, you got Daniel. Young teenager, young guy. Has dreams like you. Has plans like you. Has um, ambitions like you. Feels like he's called by God as, a, as, a, as, as people of God. And now, all of a sudden, he gets captured. He gets, he gets, becomes a captive and now is enslaved by a foreign king in a foreign land, in a new place, in Babylon. Have you ever been in a situation where you had dreams, you have prayers, you have plans, and now all of a sudden the unexpected happens? Come on now, am I speaking to somebody? The unplanned happens, the unbelievable happens. Just imagine. He never thought this was going to happen. He thought that, you know, that everything was going to be okay. He dreamt, he planned, he prepared. And now all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, he is caught by just circumstances that he has no control over. I bet you right now, some of us here, we are experiencing circumstances that we have no control over. We are just caught. We are taken captive by worry. We are taken captive by our thoughts. We are taken captive by anxiety, by, by, by questions. Come on, it, it can't just be me right now, right? And now all of a sudden, it says here in verse 5, just imagine what Daniel is feeling and his friends. Just all of this drama, storms happening all of a sudden. It says the king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were the four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel, look at it. They're entering a new city, a new culture uh, um, as captives. The king is trying to transform them. The king is trying to change their identity, trying to tell them who they're supposed to be, not who they were born to be. And it says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of the staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of the Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will behead me. And Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. And at the 10 days, see how we look compared to the young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. What's going on now? Some of you, we've been fasting, right, this past week, past two weeks ago. 
Some of you have done the Daniel fast. What's the Daniel fast? Right here. This is Daniel. Daniel knows that he is entering a place where he might forget who he is. He's entering a season where he might just get lost with the circumstance. He's entering a place where it's so easy to focus on what happened instead of what can happen with God. He's in a position where it seems like everything is lost, done, just give up. But Daniel steps into this situation different. He steps into this situation knowing, though I'm in a foreign place, I am still worshiping a known God. I'm still worshiping God who is for me, who is not against me, who is there for me. Please listen to me. You might be in a situation where you think, man, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know where I am anymore. I don't even know how I got here. Can I tell you, we got to make sure that we are prepared like Daniel for what God has prepared for us. Look, even though everything could have gone wrong, look what God has prepared for Daniel. I love this. Because it might look like God has abandoned him, but God was preparing something for him. Look, I need to talk to you right now. For some of us here, you might think that God has abandoned you. But can I encourage you right now that God hasn't abandoned you, that God is preparing something for you. Come on, put it in the chat right now. God hasn't abandoned me. God is preparing something for me. So what is it? During a transition or a difficult time, we can see that they received some things. And I really believe that God is preparing us to receive this also. You ready? You ready? Here we go. Here we go. Number one. The first thing that God is preparing for you, that God has prepared for Daniel, that we can see in our lives, number one is unusual favor. Let's go. God is preparing unusual favor for you. He says, God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. Imagine that. These are the people who took him captive. These are the people who made him a slave. But even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of captivity, even in the midst of bondage, even in the midst of being a stranger in this land, God had favor upon Daniel and his friends. I need you to understand, though we are still in a COVID season, though we are still in a financial crisis, though it may seem like there are no opportunities I need you to know God is preparing unusual favor for you. Proverbs 3.34 says, Toward the scorners, he is scornful. But to the humble, he gives favor. For those who complain and be like, Man, ganito? why is it like this? Then it comes back. But those who are saying, Okay, God, hindi ko gets, pero I trust you, there comes favor. Come on, that's good right now. See, the second thing that God is preparing you is this. Not just unusual favor, but uncommon wisdom. If you're like me, you pray this. I, I don't know what to do. As we're preparing this building, as we're still raising up funds for, for the build out, there are so many times where I'm in my room and praying and I'm saying, God, I don't know what to do. You ever had that prayer? Diko alam ano gagawin ko, Lord. Hey, Tagalog, let's go, right? I don't know what to do. But it says here, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding 
every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. We all want and need wisdom. We want to have understanding. And God is preparing uncommon wisdom for you. When we respond like Daniel, Proverbs 9.10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You want wisdom? Listen to me. You need wisdom for your business. You need wisdom for your family, how to raise your family. You need wisdom and understanding for your, for your marriage or your relationship. You need wisdom. It says it starts by the fear of the Lord and knowledge by understanding the Holy One. We got to come to God first if we want uncommon wisdom. And just like Daniel, that even in a tough situation, number one, we saw that God was preparing unusual favor. The second thing we saw was God was preparing uncommon wisdom. The third thing I want you to understand on this miracle weekend, that God is preparing you undeniable influence. Come on now. He's preparing you undeniable influence. It said here in verse 20 and 21, whenever the king consulted them in any matter, requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them 10 times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of King Cyrus. Just imagine that. Daniel was a captive. He was a nobody. He was just a teenager of a, a city that they uh, destroyed and captured. He is a slave. But now we find him part of the royal service. Whenever the king needed a, an answer, whenever the king needed wisdom, whenever the king had questions about what is he going to do and just life, he didn't go to his royal uh, uh, advisors that he already had. He went to a slave. He went to Daniel. Why? Because Daniel had the favor. Daniel had the wisdom. And now Daniel has the influence. I'm letting you know, this is not because of the charisma of Daniel. This is not because of the confidence of Daniel. This is all a gift of God. God was preparing this for Daniel even when it looked like from the outside that God abandoned Daniel. See, I need you to know that God also is preparing this for you and I. He's preparing this for our church. See, I see our church with unusual favor, with uh, um, I'm speaking life into areas of our country and our city and our region in, in ways that we could never do before. I, I know God is giving our church uh, um, uncommon wisdom because we don't know how to do this. Who are we, right? Who are we to be able to, to be in a position like this? It's only because of God. And God is giving us as a church influence. And when I say church, I'm not talking about the building. When I say church, I'm not talking us about us being here on the fourth floor of Ayala Virtus North. I'm talking about you. Because the church is not the building, the church is the people. The church is you. Philippians 4, 8 to 9 says, Finally, brethren, finally, brother and sister, finally, church, finally, you. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. 
It is easy to focus on the storm. It is easy to focus on the challenges. It is easy to focus on the issues and the drama. It is easy to focus on the problems because they are screaming so loud. But here in this scripture, it says, let us focus on the hand of God and God's peace will come on you. This is my prayer. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for us. This is our prayer for the church. This is our prayer for the location. This is our prayer for favor, wisdom, and influence. The only reason why Daniel got this is because the way he responded to the situation. Here's a question. How are you responding to your situation? This is the convictions that Daniel held on to that allowed him to receive that God, what God had prepared for him. And so I need you to know that we got to hold on to these same convictions. You guys ready? What are these convictions? Here we go. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. So this miracle weekend, I want you to hold on to these convictions. Number one, the number one conviction we got to hold on to is, here we go, remember who you are. Come on, type it in the chat right now online. Remember who you are. Daniel 1.8 says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. This was not about, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protest by not eating. This is not about, no, hindi ko gusto yung pagkain nila. No, he understood that the food that they had was being sacrificed to worship a false god. And Daniel said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that just to appease these people. I'm not going to worship another God. I'm not going to go against my God, even though I feel like it. He says, no, I'm not going to defile myself. He says that he determined. I wonder if he determined because Daniel knew that he was being tempted. He knew, man, it would be so easy to just forget who I am, forget where I came from, forget who my God is, and just go with the flow. Ganun talaga dito. That's just the way things are done here. But no, Daniel said, no, 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 I'm determining. What is he saying? I'm not going to forget who I am. Determine, purpose, to set. The NIV says resolve. The BSB says made up his mind. The NKJV says purposed his heart. In other words, he made up his mind. See, listen, church, I need you to remember who you are. Make it up in your mind. Make up your mind. Be who God called you to be. One of the things that God is continue, continually reminding me is this. Be strong and be courageous. He's not telling you to act some way. He's telling you to be who you are. Who are you? You are courageous. Who are you? You are strong. So don't forget who you are. You are strong. You are courageous. You are a child of God. We must hold on to these things today. Remember who you are. Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who you are? Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Be careful where your heart goes. Be careful what you allow in your heart. You got to guard your heart because from the, from the overflow of your heart is who you are. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So don't forget, remember who you are. Are. Remember who you are. And when you remember who you are, number two is this. Put yourself to the test. Come on now. Put yourself 
to the test. Daniel 1.12 says this, and he tells the, the, the people, please test us. Come on now. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. And at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to these other young men. In other words, he's, he says this, in his mind, he knows God will provide. In his, in his mind, he knows, no, God will sustain. In his mind, he knows God will strengthen. But he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. He told them, hey, put us to the test. Look, I could eat that meat, I could drink that wine, but I'm going to show you that my God is my God who sustains, who strengthens, who is with me, who gives me favor, who gives me influence, who gives me wisdom. And so, test me. That's what he said. He goes, test me. See, the test led to transformation. You ever put God to the test? You ever actually tested your walk? We got to test our walk. We got to test our walk. Look, look, look. I'm going to give you an inside scoop, an inside story. When we were here, before we got this place, listen to me. I want you to lean in right now. Before we got this place, it was actually taken away from our hands. We didn't have it anymore. It, the, the door was closed. The contract was canceled. Everything was shut down. And I remember me and my wife were just so hurt. We were so confused because we really felt God tell us that he was going to give us this sanctuary, this area. And so I did this. Hey, look, I'm not recommending this, but I had to test my own walk. And so in my journal, literally in my journal, I could even show it to you, but, but I won't. But in my journal, I wrote this down. I wrote this down. God, if you give us Virtus North, I will increase my tides by 5%. And I wrote my name and I signed it like a contract, right? And I, I told God, God, if you give it, because I felt like we were never, I felt like the door was closed. And then all of a sudden, fast forward, now the door opened again and he gave it to us. I'm telling you, now I remember, I remember, wait, I made that vow to God. I made that promise that if God gave us this, that I was going to increase my giving to a higher number a big number. And it would have been so easy to be like, well, God, you know, alam mo naman, God, parang, I shouldn't, ah. But I had to test myself. Am I going to keep my word because God kept his word? Woo! Are we just wanting God to keep his word, but when it's time for us to keep our word, we make excuses? What if God made excuses? Well, alam mo, no lang kasi, mahirap na yon, right? But we got to make sure that we test our walk. In other words, I, I, I tested my walk. I continue to promise uh, and I continue to commit to the Lord. And I said, all right, God. And you know what? Listen to me. Listen to me. Even though I'm giving more, I feel like I'm receiving more. God is faithful. I say this again because I've said it before. A test is not for you to prove yourself. Listen to me. A test is not for you to prove yourself. A test is simply to show you where you still need to grow in yourself. I'm going to say it again. A test is not to prove yourself. A test is simply to show you where you need to grow in yourself. It shows you your mistakes. It shows you your weakness. It shows you where you are lacking. And that is a good thing. We need to be tested so we can grow, so we can learn. So in other words, to hold on to these convictions, you got to put yourself 
to the test. God is preparing something for you, but you got to put yourself to the test. James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Hello, don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And the last one I want to hold you to and I want you to hold on to is if you are waiting for what God is preparing, he's preparing you favor, he's preparing you influence, he's preparing you wisdom. We got to hold on to this last conviction. You ready? The last conviction is place the pressure on God. Mm. Place the pressure on God. I know pressure. You know pressure. You know that feeling? Seems like everything is pushing against you. Just want to burst. Just want to cry. You just want to give up. You just want to numb. You don't even want to think about it anymore. Anybody like me, you just want to sleep at times. I know pressure. And I know you know pressure. We're in a season where there's a lot of pressure. But look what Daniel did. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. And now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. And he goes, look, no, look, no. I'm asking God because I know God will take care of me. I'm asking God because I know God is faithful. I'm asking God because I know God is the one who is still with me, even though it seems like he has left me. He's placing the pressure on God. He knows the promises of God. He knows the character of God. And he's not doing this rebelliously. He's not rebelling against authority. He's not rebelling against the, the, the advisors of Nebuchadnezzar. He's saying, look, even if I'm here, I'm going to represent God well. Even when nobody's looking, I'm going to represent God well. Because I know God is good. And I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And I know God will do what he is called to do. See, when you feel helpless, you have to know there is a way. When you feel like God is not there, you have to know He is making a way. You have to find a way to be who God called you to be. Don't give up. Don't give up. We are in our building. And our building here is about 10 times larger than any building we ever had. Our, our, our building that we recently had is probably just the size of this lobby. And so many times, if you're thinking about something that is 10 times larger, you got to understand that's 10 times more the bills. That's 10 times more the cost. And now when I was just working the numbers and I was just working the questions and I was praying, I was listening to this podcast while I was driving here. And this is what the pastor said. And it just resonated in my soul. And it said this, God will not abandon his people. I need you to sink it. Let that sink in right now. God will not abandon his people. I need you to write that in the chat box right now. God will not abandon his people. I need you to write it one more way. God will not abandon me. God will not abandon me. See, Daniel put the pressure on God because he said, I'm not going away. I'm still your child. I'm still your people. I'm still your, your, your you know, your, your, your nation. And so I might be in a place where it seems like things are abandoned, but God did not abandon him. 
God will not abandon you. God will not abandon you. We got to trust in God. Listen to me. God will not abandon you. God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. 1 Peter 2, 13 to 15 says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you silence the ignorance of foolish people. He's saying, look, 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 just keep being who he called you to be. God will make a way. But I'm being taken advantage of this and that. Look, keep honoring God. Keep honoring people. Keep honoring the authority. Keep honoring because God will make a way. This is the time. This is a time where you got to put the pressure on God. How? Remember who God is. Because when you remember who God is, you remember who you are. See, this is our Miracle Sunday. And we are trusting God. God, we're still raising up funds. We're still raising about four million to finish this all off and do all of these things. You called us here, God. You made a way. And so, God, we are coming with our miracle praise and our miracle offering. For many of us here today, I'm going to encourage you and challenge you. Right now, there's going to be a link. Click on that link so you could sign up your heart for the house pledge. Every year, we do a heart for the house pledge and say, God, this is what I'm going to give above and beyond for the, the vision of this location, for the heart of this church, for the heart of reaching more people for Jesus, making disciples, multiplying leaders. And for many of us, we are going to give our miracle offering today, part of that pledge. We're saying, okay, God, here we go. I've seen God faithful. Even this year. I'm going I'm to end you with this story. Even this year. Last year, God gave me a number. And I was like telling my wife, God, babe, how are we going to do this? And, and, and I said, okay, God, if you want me to give this number, I'm going to do it. But you got to provide. And all of a sudden, boom, I get invited to speak. And they gave me a, a love offering. And the offering was the exact amount of what I've been praying for and God gave me. My wife reminded me this year. And he goes, remember when God provided, he'll do it again. And so we prayed and we said, okay, God, this is the, the number that we're going to give. And boom, the, this next day or two days after that, we get in an, an email that these funds came in and God provided again. So before you give to the heart for the house, before you give to the miracle offering, I want you to pray, God, what are you doing? God is not just testing you to show you your, what you're lacking. God is testing you to show you where you can grow. What is it? What is it? Follow that link if you're ready, if you're ready. But I need you to know, and I'm also speaking to those of us here, where all you heard throughout this message was pressure. All you heard throughout this message was when the unplanned comes. When the surprise comes when the unexpected comes. And that's who I want to talk to right now. I know. I know you're in a place where it seems like all is lost. I know you're in a place where it seems like you've been abandoned. But I'm here to tell you, you're not abandoned. God has been calling you. That's why you're tuning in. He's been calling you by name. You sense it right now because I sense it right here through this screen. 
Sense it in your, in your soul, in your heart. Some of you, there's been an empty hole in your heart and you've been trying to fill it time and time again. The only way to fill it is by receiving Jesus into your life. So here, I want you to pray this prayer. If I'm talking to you and you've been doing things on your own, it's time to surrender your life to Jesus. It's time to surrender your circumstances to Jesus and trust Him with your life. Because if you trust Him with your life, you'll trust Him with your circumstance. Would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, Jesus, you know the pressure I'm feeling. You know the hopelessness I'm feeling. But right now, I sense your peace. I sense that you are with me. I surrender my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of going the wrong way. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, look, I believe a miracle is happening right now. If you pray that prayer, welcome to Miracle Weekend. That is a miracle. God is giving you a new beginning, a new life, a, a new creation, new opportunities. Type it in the chat right now. Say, I prayed that prayer. Come on now. I surrendered my life to Jesus. Type it in the chat right now. And if any of you need a miracle in your life, would you type in the chat, miracle, right now. Type in the chat, miracle. Somebody's going to pray for you, pray for that miracle for you. And also for those of us who are participating in our heart for the house, in this miracle offering, thank you so much. I can't wait for you to be with us here to, to worship to worship with you, to celebrate with you. I, I, I can't wait. I've been walking around in the sanctuary in every corner, and I've been imagining the seats and imagining the people and I know you're one of them I can't wait to be with you for those who surrender their life hey look this is your church now welcome home would you type in the chat if you haven't yet I pray that prayer I surrendered my life to Jesus I can't wait to meet you I can't wait to get connected with you and if it's your first time here you are welcome here we got a gift for you by the way just fill out your next steps look we love you my name is Nolan, location pastor of Inspired Church Metro Manila. And I just want you to know that we want to inspire you to fulfill your God-given potential. So let's believe in miracles. God bless you. Thanks for joining us and for listening to Inspire Church Metro Podcast. Stay in the loop by checking inspiremetro.live.